saving money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey everybody, welcome to Netflix Life, a streaming TV podcast from Fansided. I'm your host, Cody Schultz, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. Please welcome one of my favorite people, Netflix Life editor and co-host of the CW Spiral podcast, Reed Gowdens. We have a very, very special episode today. I have been looking forward to this for months now. We get to talk about one of our favorite shows and what's arguably going to be one of the biggest shows of the quarter for Netflix, which is Bridgerton Season 2. It has finally arrived. It is streaming now on Netflix, and we have a lot of talk, a lot of thoughts to get through, a lot of talking, and I'm just ready to get into Bridgerton Talk. We've kind of been waiting for this one since the first season debuted, and now we finally have it. So I feel like there's no better way just to jump in and go with our initial thoughts in the grading for this season. I'm curious what your reaction and overall what you thought of this season is. Where do I start? There's so much to this season, but I will say that I really, really liked it and enjoyed it. I might even say that I loved it. I'd give it an A. I don't know. Should I just dive in and say I give it an A? <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, yeah, it's strong A, A plus for me. I really enjoyed this season. I didn't think it would be like a disappointment. I feel like some people were like season one was such a big kind of breakout thing. Um, there was a little bit of speculation. There's been some polarizing results, like some feedback already I've seen just with some of the critics and different people. I personally just love this season. I thought they did a really good job with Anthony's character in particular, kind of giving us that backstory on kind of why he is the way he is with how he approaches different things. Um, And I just loved him and and Kate's dynamic. I I know I'll butcher the ship names. I'm almost like afraid to say it. I think it's Kathany. Is that how they pronounce it? I have no idea. I've never heard it spoken out loud. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I don't want, I'm a proud member of the ship, but I just don't know how to pronounce things in general. So. Yeah, but I agree. I definitely, as a viewer, not a reader, because I did not read the books. I'll just put that up front. Um, I found Anthony to be very endearing this season. I know he was kind of like, you know, he was the the tough guy in season one had a lot to say it was always he's like the womanizer and everything but you're right that scene was so important with him finding out like 
why he is the way he is and why he put so much pressure on himself, why he built up so many walls. And I, I really enjoyed him this season. And I know a lot of people not to get ahead of ourselves or anything, but we'll be disappointed that um, the Duke is not in this season. And I was initially one of those people who was like, Oh my gosh, I liked him so much. What are we going to do? But I didn't find myself missing him that much because I thought Jonathan Bailey and Simone Ashley were so good, especially together. And maybe this is a hot take, but I found this love story personally to be more compelling. Is that a hot yeah. take? <laughs> I, I think it will be a hot take among some. I agree. It is kind of one of those ones of, I think what's special is that each story was so different, um, like with how, but I really love like how they timed it out. Like the, the way that they were able to express so much just in their looks and their, like the glancing and like their body language and everything was just like, it, I, I, there was just something, I, I know people were obsessed with the Duke, rightfully so. Like I'm not taking anything away from season one. I'd love season one, but I really think they just shined in this season with Anthony and Kate. I'm really curious to see, like what could come next for them, like looking forward. And I know we'll talk about that a little bit later. I've just like, what could the future look like for these characters as we look ahead to like season three, season four and beyond. But I really just enjoyed this season. And I guess Here's a good spot to say we haven't gotten any too spoilery yet, but we are going to start getting into a little bit more spoilers with the season, um, which I want to begin by kind of going back to that episode we little t- talked about a little bit, which was episode three, that really big Anthony backstory. Um, I always am conflicted when they do like those flashback moments. I'm always like, sometimes it's not done right. And I really think they did a good job of weaving them together with the story that they had. You had the lighter moments, but then you kind of took us back and we got to see those how Anthony became, which it all started with his father kind of unexpectedly dying of the bee sting and Anthony getting thrust into this role, you know, as a young person suddenly have to run a whole household and being like seen above his mother because of how social standings are. And I mean, my heart broke like for some of those different scenes, like when he like, when she was like going off about like when the baby, um, the youngest sister, like it wasn't, she wasn't in position. Like they came to him and it's like, you got to choose. Do you want us to try to save the mom or the baby? And it's like, this is this young person who just lost their dad and yeah. suddenly they're thrust into having to make this life and death decision. And then his mom kind of had that tangent of like, if he Edmund was still here, it wouldn't even be a conversation. It's like, I just felt so bad for Anthony in the moment. And it explained everything further, like how he kind of built those walls up. And I know there was like that really great scene between him and his mother in the present time where he's like, I don't want to be the person that makes someone else basically, you know, lose their whole world. And like, kind of showing why he's kind of held back and not going in into his feelings and wanting to find that actual true love moment. And I'm like that, that episode, I feel like it's going to be a standout for fans. Yeah. And sometimes like backstories and flashbacks can be kind of cheap, right? Because like, if they come too late, then you're like, well, we already spent so much time with this character and they did this thing and that thing and that thing. And fans might already dislike that character with preconceived notions. And then they throw in this thing and you're like, okay, you're trying to make us like them and feel bad for them now. But I don't think that happened here. I think it came at the perfect time. Although I do kind of maybe think, I don't know, that her getting stung by a bee was a little heavy handed, but I do think it served its purpose in that it made her kind of like see him as a person and not just like, this antagonist who's has a crush on her and hates her and is marrying her sister. She kind of, he has that panic attack and she's kind of like, Oh wait, hold on. There's more to this person than just being a fancy Bridgerton. 
Yeah, that scene, it was definitely something else. And it was, it, it, it did kind of walk that line of being a little too much. Um, I did think that was going to be when they were going to finally like have their first kiss. And that comes way later. They really played with the timing. Um, I think well with the season of like how they pace like all those little exchanges and the will they won't they. Episode three also had the Paul Mall game, which I know people were really looking forward to. And that really, I think, just was a fun way of playing up Kate and Anthony's dynamic. Like how from the beginning when she goes for his, I can't remember what they called it. There was it like the mallet of death or something, the black mallet. And that's like his go to one. And from the beginning, like the back and forth and like the banter there, I think just made that a really fun scene. And they're just so similar as people. And they that's probably why they were butting heads so much. And that's how they realized like, oh, we're kind of, <laughs> we're kind of similar here. Yeah. And so I feel like that's a good pivot into here's some really spoiler territory. There's of course the whole season. Well, for most of the season, we kind of see Anthony pursuing Kate's sister and Kate's kind of like that thorn in his side kind of doesn't see him as a match over here. This conversation early on in the episode about basically just looking for a wife that'll fit like his checklist of things, which we kind of then find out the reason he's kind of afraid of love is having gone through that experience, built those walls up and different things. But we, by the end of the season, episode six, I think it is, we get to the wedding day and that's when everything kind of came to the head. And like, Edwina's like, wait a minute, you two are giving each other the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> She's just like, wait, hold on. <laughs> and I like the pacing there that they kind of waited towards the end of the episode. And then we had the fallout of Edwina breaks off the engagement and you don't just go like fast forward to like a happy ending. Like we show the kind of progression. There's the light, you know, the horse accident with Kate and there's like the, will she survive? We kind of knew she was going to like this. I feel like that wasn't a question mark for me. Yeah. I was so mad at that cliffhanger in episode seven. Like, I'll be honest when I, when I was watching it, I slammed my laptop shut and I was like, no, 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 no. They're not doing this to me. I can't do it. <laughs> like I knew she wasn't going to die, but I was like, come on. Just get us there. Because I think one of the things I also liked about the season is that I felt like season one's love story was all about like Daphne finding herself and coming into her own and discovering so much about herself and her sexuality and love and everything. But in the question there was really like, are they going to make it work as a couple? And this was really like, how are they going to make it work? Will Anthony make it work with Kate? And like, the, there were so many questions specifically, like he's obviously was in the love triangle with sisters, which is like a, like a soap opera staple. So like <laughs> <laughs> it had everything this season, I think it built on season one, not to go back to like comparing the seasons, but um, that wedding scene. Ugh. Yeah. And I have to say they really did, you know, we've seen that kind of played up on soap operas and primetime soaps and that of like the, the whole love triangles with siblings, even kind of mixing. We're seeing it like, just now, like recently, Chicago Med did like something with a guy and a mom and a, a daughter. And it's like they can be done Ew. very awkwardly. <laughs> and I feel like they handled this, even though it was like a lose lose situation almost. Like you felt like your heart broke for Edwina knowing like where it was going to go. Like you kind of feel bad for her the whole time knowing he doesn't have the, you know, purest intentions of why he's actually pursuing her during the season. But they did it well to where like she had her, like that episode was also a really powerful moment for her. Like that scene she had with the queen. Um, when the king came rushing in and they kind of had that speech afterwards. Um, and you had these two women of completely different stature at the times. Of course, you had the queen and then Edwina, who's, of course, looking. I don't know what her exact title was. if She even had one. 
but just that scene, like they just really, it was like two women who understood each other and built one another up and that support there to where it wasn't like a mentorship kind of thing. It was a really unique dynamic. And I know the cast has kind of spoken about how they really worked that scene and wanted it to be something special. Um, but then it could kind of lay the, the course for everything else. And you see the fallout. And then of course, Kate and Anthony do get together. It was interesting how they did like the get together scene. Like they, we know they got married, but they don't show like the wedding, which I think kind of works in this case, since we had the big dramatic wedding where everything hit the yeah. fan. There was um, a wedding, not the wedding, but yeah. there was a wedding <laughs> kind of. Yeah. And it's like that opens the door. Like they could always revisit it in a future season, do a flashback to it if they wanted to, but I don't even think it's needed. Like we know they got through it. They did a wedding. It was probably, you know, smaller and all that, but we fast forward to the happy ending, but it does kind of bode the question. We touched on the season one love story. Daphne returns this season. We did not see Reggae John Page return to Simon. So it, we know the relationship, like they made like subtle things about how, you know, they're so happily, you know, happily married. They're, they're not separated or anything like that. He just wasn't a presence in the season. And I'm just curious, do you think, will will Kate and Anthony survive beyond season two? Do you think this is one, like, I think it all hinges upon Simone Ashley. Like if she signs on to return, I can tell their story. I don't know. I kind of like how they did it this season with Daphne because she, I felt she was necessary in the season and having Reggae Jean Page in would have just been for the fans. Like he didn't have a necessary story this season. And I don't think they even explained where he was unless I missed something. We did see their baby. That was cool. Um, Kate. Hmm. I feel like Anthony could have, obviously he's the head of this family. He would have still have a presence depending on who it is. Um, I don't think their story would be particularly important. And again, I don't know what happens in the books or how they show up or what they do, but I think we have a better chance at seeing both of them back than we did previous season. But maybe it depends on maybe Simone Ashley will be the big breakout and <laughs> like reggae Jean page and she'll be like, um, sorry, I'm not coming back. <laughs> I know it really makes me curious because we don't know the contract deal. Like did Netflix after saying, you know, he page and only signed on for, you know, one season deal. That's why he didn't come back. And so that's why we didn't see Simon this season. They tried from what I gather, like they were going to back up the truck and offer him like a big, you know, sum of money. But he was like, I came into this role loving that it had a beginning, middle and end. And I respect that. Like, sometimes it is better to walk away before a story kind of gets tarnished um, because they really did such a great job in season one of giving us this complete story. And they didn't break them up. Like we said, they, they never, I don't think they really did address where exactly Simon was in the season. They just kind of like, she has their son with them at one point. She makes appearances. Daphne does at like the wedding and different events. Um, and it was done really organically. And that was even a surprise to me. Like I wasn't sure how much Daphne we were actually going to get but I feel like we got her and like she was there, even not in like a, a major role. She made appearances in like, I think six of the eight episodes. So, I mean, almost the full season, which I feel like is more than we maybe anticipated she would. Yeah. And like you said, it felt really natural because I can't really remember what their relationship was like in season one, but I feel like between Daphne and Anthony, obviously that dynamic was shifted because Daphne didn't like, she had no power. She was still like, a little girl, not just, I don't mean to say little girl to like belittle her or anything, but like she was very new to everything. Right. And like, she didn't, um, her perspective was very 
different than Anthony. And this season, it feels like she has an upper hand to him because she's found love. She's built this life and she has a new perspective on everything. And she comes in to offer him guidance where like, he probably wouldn't have expected his little sister to be like the smartest one in the room to be like, um, are you sure you're making this right decision? And she catches them in a precarious situation, him and uh, Kate. And she's the, like the keeper of his secrets and like is very graceful with him. And I really enjoyed seeing that dynamic. And I think I'll be interested to see how, if they keep that tradition going on, like will Anthony be the next one that is like, I found love and here's how you can too. (laughs) Yeah. It'll be interesting because he, I feel like Anthony is that character in the weird position because he is the head of the family. So I know like he's got like the duties will continue and like, he feels like the one that has like the most long lasting like role. Um, I think it would be fun to see that dynamic, especially seeing the playfulness between Kate and Anthony, like how they kind of get in one in, you know, one other skin and push each other. I think that could be fun to see explored in future seasons and see how it could be different than what we saw with like Simon and, and Daphne's story continuing beyond. Um, it'll be interesting. I feel like it's a good pivot into the winners and losers of the season. And I feel like the the first like notable loser of the season is just the Simon fans. We all knew that they, you know, that Netflix had put it out there. Reggae John Page said he wasn't coming back, but there was that hope that he might make a surprise cameo. I kept waiting with each episode. I'm like, okay, maybe he'll show up at the wedding, like just in like a brief scene, like, and there's nothing. They have the, you know, the mentioned Daphne's there, their son's there, but there is no Simon. And so I feel like the fans are probably going to be a little disappointed that they didn't pull off like an Andrew Garfield, Toby Maguire kind of surprise, like, no, he's not in it, but psych, we got you kind of thing. I think that's what a lot of people were hoping for. It's a bummer, but I, I hope they walk, fans walk away from the season being like, and realizing that even if they did try to do that, it would have been disappointing if it hadn't been what, exactly what they wanted because based on his availability and all the setbacks they had while filming, it probably wouldn't have happened exactly the way anybody would have wanted. So there wouldn't have been a perfect cameo for him. And I think um, All or Nothing would have been is a really good scenario specifically for that character and that actor. So... I mean, I was kind of like, oh, he's not going to be in it. But then after seeing the season, I'm like, okay, I get it. And I don't think it would have been like a huge undertaking to get him in there. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the fan reception is, like the ones who are diehard, like how they take it that he isn't there. But like you said, it's a really good season. You don't lose anything out that like he wouldn't have added something, but it really they do a great job of pivoting from one story to the next, which I think is going to be exciting, like moving into the future seasons, knowing that they'll follow a similar course of like centering around each of the different siblings. I feel like another loser for me was Penelope. I feel like the season was really a hard one for her. Um, First Colin kind of comes back and he really friend zoned her hard. Like those were harsh scenes to watch. Like I love Penn. She's one of my favorite characters. Um, And like seeing like him kind of, you're like, just like another sister kind of thing. And I'm like, Oh, I know where they're going eventually, but and then just how like her mom continues to treat her like different like throwaway lines like she'd make the comments about her staring out the window and things. But I feel like the biggest loss for her came at the end of the season, which is when Eloise learns her secret that she is Lady Whistledown and kind of shuns her. And like we do a time jump at the end of the season. And so I'm curious to see like, of course, Penelope wouldn't have been at the, you know, family estate there at the end. But I'm curious to see if they patch things up. But it just seemed like an interesting season for Penn. 
Yeah, Penelope. Oh, man. Um, it's interesting to call her a loser because I I would call Colin a loser <laughs> this season. <It's> true. <laughs> I really like... <laughs> He was fine. He has so much like unearned bravado and like he walks, he goes to spoiler, he goes to see Marina and he walks in. He's all like, Oh, I'm so sorry. And she's like, I don't, I moved on. Can you move on too? Like, I don't care. And he just like walks into every room most of the time. Just like, maybe it's like, he's what the third child. Maybe that's what that is. Um, I don't know, but he, the one scene that really aggravated with me because he, I was fine with him. Like I was annoyed with him and I was fine with him toward like the middle of the season. And then in that last episode, when he's talking to his friends and they're asking him about Penelope and he makes that little comment about her, I was like, and she overhears it, which that's her fault. That's not Colin's fault. But when he said that, I was like, you know what? <laughs> was that necessary? <laughs> Yeah, it's hard. And I, I, yeah, I feel like that's a bad reason to call Penelope a loser of the season. It's just, I feel like the way they wrote her, like, yeah, she, she's uh, really backed in the corner this season. Like, she really becomes she made, that underdog. She made choices, and unfortunately, most of them backfired on her. <laughs> yeah, I'm really curious to see where that, because I loved her character season one, loved her character season two. Um, it, she does, of course, we have that reveal. I think it was interesting. I wasn't expecting Madame Delacourt to be who she confides in and like tells her secret to first and kind of loops her in as a partner. I thought that was an interesting thing. I was excited to see them use that character more. Um, I feel like Madame Delacourt was kind of, I don't know what her real point of season one was like. She, she didn't have like as media of a story that I thought she could. And I love that they kind of put her and Penelope together. I want to see that dynamic continue um, to, you know, women in this era when they all look to men being the only people who can successfully run thing. And you've got these two amazing women crushing it you know she's got her successful dress shop and then of course penelope's hiding this secret as lady whistle down and has like her hidden stash of like money tucked away in the floorboards she wasn't <laughs> hiding it very well though can i just anytime in the beginning of the season anytime anyone brought up lady whistle down she was like so giddy and like what do you think <laughs> and it's like girl tone it down <laughs> yeah i'm kind of surprised eloise and she did an investigation like season one like she didn't pick up on that like in her defense of everything like lady whistle down like that should have been a red flag, I think there. Yeah, she wasn't seeing what was in front of her. She was going wait. She was like going to the printer. It's like Eloise, come on. <laughs> yeah, you can't like pay someone to do that for you, like to hide your identity. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I feel like the other kind of loser in the season was just Edwina. She was put in like an unwinnable situation from the start. Um, I mean, we all kind of knew the writing on the wall with Anthony and Kate, and so she kind of had that betrayal and i think that's why i really love that episode uh, that moment in season six when she had that with the queen and then kind of puts kate and anthony in their place like i'm not just like a chess piece i'm you know i have my feelings and different things and i i'm curious to see because they kind of hinted that the queen was going to hook her up with one of her sons so one of the princes the nephew what her nephew i think it was yeah and so i'm like are they going to explore that further like maybe she gonna like pop up in a subplot in like a future season just so we know, because we know Kate and Anthony get their happy ending, but it's like, what happens to Edwina? I'm kind of curious there. What's next? I have a bad feeling that was the happy ending for Edwina. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're supposed to imagine that she meets the nephew and they get married and that's her happily ever after. But yeah, poor Edwina. There is a point in the season where I was just like, I felt so bad because I was like, 
like just let them be together they obviously like each other why do you care and it's like oh wait no she was hurt by two people that are very close to her because she thought she was marrying this guy and that's her sister and i was like trying to zoom out like put it myself in her shoes but as someone who wanted kate and anthony together i was like adwina just stop and let them be together <laughs> but everyone put her in a they underestimated her and i'm i'm at least happy that she finds her own power within herself through all of that crap everyone put her through and she realized that she has more worth than just finding a husband yeah agreed which i feel like again she's kind of like pen like calling her one of the season's losers it's just the writing where she was written in i love how they kind of gave her that self-assurance in the end and she kind of comes into her own as the season goes by and comes out of this unwinnable situation as a winner so even though she might have been i'll be curious to see what the fans think because i feel like people who are very passionate about anthony and kate are going to have kind of like that same approach i had it at different points i'm like read the room like how do you not pick (laughs) up on this like between them two like he's in the room staring at your sister and not you like those i think there were like subtle things she should have picked up on but i know that one episode when she was like oh you guys just hate each other spend time together and it's like (laughs) you just put them into the woods together and they love each other what are you doing (laughs) yeah that was that was interesting to say the least um i guess in terms of winners the only winner i can immediately think of is the Bridgerton men for getting rid of the sideburns. Like when I looked back at the posters between season one and two, I don't know what they changed, but I'm glad they ditched the the crazy like hairdos and all that for season two and kind of made it a little bit more modern while still staying true to the time with like some of the other style elements. Cause I look back at the season one post and I'm like, what were they thinking? Yeah, I think we all won with that one. <laughs> sideburns were not it. Yeah. I also I feel like um I just continue to love Lady Danbury. I feel like she's a winner no matter what. Like even they got stuck in this whole crazy situation with the, you know, the wedding, not necessarily going how it went, but I just feel like when she enters any scene, she just commands attention and she's just such a fun character. Um, It makes sense. I've known like some of the cast have talked about, like if they could play any other character, that would be it. Um, Like even the actor who played Colin, I know had mentioned that during like one of the press tours. And it's like, she really is one of those fun characters that, interacts with so many of the different characters um i also think of course kate was a big winner this season i think fans are going to kind of fall in love with her as they did with simon i think simone ashley has that breakout potential even though she's of course done just said reggae john page had done like plenty of other shows mm-hmm. before this i think this could be that show that people just like suddenly start paying attention going back like oh what else is she and like i want to see her other shows and movies and that and so she played like she just killed that role like i from the minute they started doing teasers, I had a good feeling that she was going to be just the scene stealer. And she really just lived up to that. She's so careful with Kate too. Like there's probably some fans that would dislike Kate just because of the situation, but like she plays it so well, it's hard not to love Kate purely based on her performance. Yeah. So I guess as we bring things to an end, um, we know of course, Bridgerton, it's renewed for season three, season four, and a prequel series is also in the work. Um, but what's I think most interesting is there's always been this general assumption that the seasons would follow the books. We've seen it with season one and season two. But in a recent interview Shonda Rhimes gave, she revealed that while they're going to indeed cover each couple's story as their own you know, season, they're not necessarily going to follow the orders of the books as they kind of previously hinted at. Do you think this is a smart decision? I don't. I think they should stick with the continuity. Just like follow the books. I don't know. I'm split. Part of me was like, oh, next season's Benedict. 
I'm, I'm sorry to everybody. <laughs> I'm like underwhelmed with Benedict. <laughs> he's fine. He's just a little whiny. He's whatever. Um, so I was like, oh, maybe they're going to pick one that's a little more, I don't want to say interesting because I have no idea what Benedict's story is. But I think it could be a good choice. But if you save like, I feel like Eloise is a fan favorite character. Maybe I'm way off base. Maybe she's just one of my favorites. But if you save the later seasons for characters that aren't as popular or well, like you risk, you run the risk of like a drop off. But I guess that also depends on if like the younger kids, they recast and they pick a new star that's really famous and they have someone else playing them and it's years in the future. I think it all depends how they play it. I think it could go... I, I think regardless, people are still going to watch like the devoted fans, but it does run the risk of whatever else is going on in the books or the stories of just like mishmashing that all up into a confusing thing for the book fans. Yeah, I think that's when I'm, I haven't read the books, but I know it's one of those stories that it does shift like each book shifts the focus, but the other characters still play those supporting roles, kind of like we see in the thing. And I'm just. I'm hesitant of like, if they start shuffling around the books, like what that could mean for how they approach the different stories. Um, I'm all about creative liberties, especially with shows. I think it's fun to keep fans on their, your toes um, and change things where it's not just a literal page to screen adaptation. You got to add different twists so that even the book readers are kind of like surprised by different things. And like, Oh wait, it was different. And it opens that conversation. Like did the book, did it do it better? Did the show do it better? I'm just curious to see like how it plays out. And I kind of like the idea, like you mentioned, I think you should save some of those more fan favorite characters for maybe the seasons ahead. Keep people interested knowing that I have to watch these seasons to see how they continue to build towards this. Um, my fear is Penelope and, and Colin's story is when I know a lot of fans are really excited for. And that's book four in the series. And there seems to be speculation that that could be who they could swap in for season three. And I just think that's a miss. I think you go with Benedict's story in season three, still book three, keep that slow burn going. That way those fans are having to wait. They're having to check back and stick with the show. I just feel like that could be a smarter play, but it'll be interesting. I'm just, I want to know which season so I can read the books ahead of time and be like, okay, this is what to expect in that. Yeah, it'll be confusing too if someone's reading the books as they watch the seasons, like beforehand, they're like, and they read book three and then they get to, season three and then it's like book four and you're like wait hold on what did i do wrong <laughs> they run the risk of confusing fans which i don't ultimately think most people care about <laughs> yeah and i feel like we've seen it with other big franchises too like when there's such a passionate following who do love the books and know the source material it can be a little complicated when you start shifting things around um like i know outlander fans are very you get We've got a very passionate reader following. So like those people watching the show, pick a piece, you know, pick apart the different pieces of like, oh, this is different than that. And sometimes they love the moment. Sometimes they don't. Game of Thrones, I feel like was another one that I don't know how much it changed, but I know like once they went off book and didn't have a book to base it on is kind of when they jumped off the, the deep end and fans were like, what are you even doing at this point? So I don't know. I'll be curious to see how they adapt it. But either way, I'm excited for more Bridgerton. I know you're excited for more Bridgerton. Hopefully we keep at this pace of getting a season a year. I'm curious to see when we slot in that prequel too, just knowing that's a thing that could go maybe multiple seasons. We don't really know what they're doing there, if it's a limited series or what the plans are. All we know is Bridgerton season two is now streaming on Netflix. We both really enjoyed it. Highly recommend adding it to your watch list for this weekend. 
and know that this future for Bridgerton is bright with three additional series in the works between the two season pickup for the show and the spinoff. So that's all the time we have for today. Thank you, Reed, so much for joining me. I've had a blast talking about Bridgerton with you. Me too. And yeah, I look forward to the next time we can talk about season four and season three. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.